0: Hey, hi, Mark.
1: Mark. Well, hi there.
0: Hey, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you? I'm
0: so good. Okay, this is, I think, our fourth series on learning everything about what you guys do. So I am here with Mark Seiden, the real estate team, turning goals into reality. Mark, you are amazing. So (laughs) that's part of all of our podcasts. Um, we, we continue to learn a lot from you and so I, I, you know we all appreciate it. And today's topic, which I think is a really good one, is the importance in having a professional real estate agent. Correct. There's a lot of misconceptions up there. And I've actually heard this from people like, why do I need an agent? I could probably save so much more money if I sold my house or bought my house myself, Right. And so the reality is a big no-no, so that's that's not the, the case, um, and I would love to hear your insight about in, in all, in all aspects of really why one would always want to hire a professional real estate agent.
1: Great, well, uh, this is one of my most favorite topics, probably besides agency law. I think agency law probably is the my, my most favorite subject. Uh, but the second one is, you know, why real estate agent? Why not go on your own? Um, and it's really easy to lump a real estate agent and or their commission and what I call a one line item expense. So sure, if you take the price and then you back out all the expenses and commission is there as an expense, we are an expense. Yes. But our, but does that expense equal getting a lower net? for a seller or having to pay more as a buyer? And that answer with a really good agent, the answer is absolutely not. Mm -hmm. So with an agent who really knows what they're doing, now I have to tell you in our MLS that serves our kind of immediate area, of Westchester, Putnam, Dutchess, Rockland, Orange, you know, there's about 14,000 of us. So we're kind of like cockroaches, we're kind of like everywhere. Right, And I can't tell you we're all the same. Um, and we're not all the same. And, and this is kind of how I like people to think about it, about real estate agents, right? So real estate agents, we all have the same license. And what's really interesting, there's another professional that's actually part of the real estate transaction, um, but also does a lot of other things. that also just has one license, attorneys. Now, attorneys, no matter what they specialize in Uh, divorce, real estate, mergers and acquisitions, corporate, entertainment, uh, estate, whatever it may be, they have one license. It's all the same, no matter where they went to school, no matter what, one test for the state, one license. So here's my question. Are all attorneys the same?
0: Absolutely not. Right.
1: So, What's the difference between an attorney? Well, my question is, do all attorneys negotiate the same? Do they all have the same success rate in court? Uh, what do they bring to the table? And what they really bring to the table are really two things, knowledge base and negotiation skills. But they, the interesting thing about an attorney is they only work, really, from one database. Do you know what that is? I yeah, do. You law. Uh It's the law,
0: Law.
1: right? Aren't all the laws listed somewhere? It's got that funny squiggly line and it's got another number point, another number on it. And here's the law that it says. So what do attorneys do? Well, they're really great to what I call um, self-interpret that law and apply that law to the situation that they have at hand and to, and if they're in some sort of litigation or negotiation, they have to convince the other side that they're right and the other side may be wrong. Isn't that what an attorney does? Absolutely. They don't build anything. They don't create anything. They put things together of of some sort of transaction that someone wants to do. Whether it's going to court or not, it's still putting something together. That's exactly what a real estate agent does. The interesting thing about a real estate agent is we all have the same license. There's one license. There's one test. We all take the same one. And we're all working with one database, the multiple listing system. But out of 14,000 of us, are we really all the same? I mean, none of us negotiate better than somebody else. No one agent has more education or experience about the laws of real estate, negotiation techniques of real estate, the lender part and getting a mortgage in real estate, uh, buried oil tanks, radon, uh, you know, all these other components of real estate, we're all the same. No one's better than anybody else? So when we talk about do you need an agent, the answer is, do you need a subpar agent? The answer is, yeah, you probably don't. But if you really get an agent that knows what they're doing, it won't make a difference what they cost because your net will be so much better using a really good agent. So what does a really good agent bring to the table? Well, what a lot of people think is how a real estate agent actually earns their commission especially on the buy side, so if we're bringing a buyer, is if we actually take him inside the house. So if we cross the threshold with you, we've now earned our commission. Oh my goodness, I can't tell you how wrong that is. So what do we do to earn our commission? Well, I will tell you every few years, my my answer is usually the same, but every few years it kind of changes a little bit. And I will tell you in this market, it's all about negotiation skill. So much about negotiation skill, even on the listing side. So, yeah, sellers are having a field day, and if they put their house on the market, they're gonna get multiple bids. But I will tell you all right now, Mr. and Miss Sellers out there. Not all listing agents handle bidding wars, which we like to we don't like to say anymore. We like to now say competitive offer situations. Not all agents handle competitive offer situations the same. Not even close. It's not even close. So if an agent does get five offers in or 15 offers in, how much experience does that agent really have to help, to guide the seller and help them which is the better offer? The offer or the best offer? The offer that's the highest price is sometimes not the best offer. Because if it was, why wouldn't every buyer just came in and put an offer a million dollars over list price well the reason why they wouldn't do that is because the house wouldn't appraise so if it's just about accepting the higher offer so if a seller has a house for half a million dollars i guess i would tell my buyer put an offer for 1.5 because if that's what's going to win wouldn't that offer win because nobody else is going to put an offer that high you know what the problem is the house won't get a the appraisers want to appraise for a house for 1.5. So that house will go into contract and then go out of contract because someone won't get their mortgage. So there's a lot to know about the idiosyncrasies and how to formulate an offer and how to analyze the offers to create the least amount of risk for the seller for a listing agent. Because sometimes taking an offer that's 10 grand less guarantees that the deal goes through but there's a lot of listing agents that really don't understand how to handle the appraisal situation. We do. We're, we're the art form of that is we are Picassos when it comes to putting that kind of artful negotiation together for our buyers. And statistically, we actually win more bidding wars than most other agents do. We still lose, again, I say bidding war, competitive offer situations. We still lose them too because no one wins all the time. I don't know a lawyer that's ever won every case, but statistically we win more because we know how to formulate an offer. We know how to work with financing with the buyers. We know how to find a way that they may have to guarantee what's called an appraisal deficiency. If the house doesn't appraise, how can they still get the house but not have to take $50,000 out of their bank account, whether they have it or they don't have it. So there's a lot of things that go together on how to help a buyer. And that commission that's paid is well worth it. Because if you don't have the right advice to get in there and know how to win a competitive um, offer situation, you'll lose and lose and lose. Oh, you'll save on the commission part. But you're not saving the commission. You're saving because you're not getting a house. There's no commission to really save. And on the listing side, I have actually listed houses where people were um, selling it for sale by owner first. They had this price that they thought was great. They still came to us because you know we were able to show them that they still might not have been getting everything they can. And after paying us a full commission, not discounted a penny, our full commission, at the end the sellers actually netted 10 to $50,000 more than what they were gonna net with the offer they ever had, they, they had before with no agent, because it's all about the negotiation. It's like going to court. There is no law that says you must have an attorney going to court. There's no law that says that. Why the heck would you?
0: I know, right? So negotiation skills obviously is, you know, you have to have a, you have to have it doesn't it doesn't fall in respect to not every agent it's not an easy thing to do right so that that comes with time and practice and understanding the knowledge of the industry so negotiation skills obviously one of being a, a huge trait with your with your team something and you communication can, skills you communication. have
1: no idea how many times that we will call other agents and we don't get calls back text back emails back, two, three, four, five, they, they just don't communicate back. And how do they know my buyer wouldn't be the buyer that would actually come up to the highest price?
0: Right. So there's a lot of
1: agents out there that they take a listing and then they disappear. They just disappear. And for them, earning commission is putting it on the multiple listing system, just waiting organically for offers to come in, right. literally emailing to the seller, telling this, asking the seller, so which one do you want? And then going back with that agent. Now, if that's what you're paying an agent for, God bless you, because that's a waste of money.
0: How many situations have you been in where you've had um, somebody that tried to do this without an agent and that have, you know, eventually come to you guys for like, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I definitely need your help. I'm assuming a handful of times, lots of times. Oh, over
1: a dozen times a year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we, and we get a lot of them where my cousin was going to buy it. My friend was going to buy it. Oh, right. I right. promised it to my friend. This yeah. person put a note in my mailbox five years ago and said, if you were ever going to sell, yeah. call me. We get a lot of those. And I will tell you, I, I can actually only think of one in five years that that person actually really ended up being the buyer for that house that was <laughs> actually going to net the seller the most amount of money. Matter of fact, we had one house. God bless This guy had his own buyer. He was still actually going to pay us our listing side if this buyer bought it. And he just told the buyer he had to pay a little bit more to cover us. But he wanted this person to get the house. And we still had it on the market. We had multiple bids, but he still wanted to give to his friend. And we said, Look, we want to earn our commission. We don't want to just sit by and get paid. So we got the person pre approved with the person's lender that they wanted to use. And we told our seller, it's your decision, it's your house, but you'd be freaking nuts going to a contract with this person. Mm. So, what did the seller do? Went in the contract with that buyer. Five months later, deal died. He couldn't get his mortgage.
0: Oh gosh.
1: Horror. How we put it back on the market. Yeah. And we even got him more money, and even more money that he was even gonna net when he was selling to the other guy at a discounted commission because he was bringing his own buyer. Wow. Because we know how to do the entire transaction and actually communicate with other agents and answer questions and and have information for people during this wild west of multiple offer situations. (laughs) So if you have an agent that really knows what they're doing, actually communicates and just doesn't sit back, that commission is earned two, three times, both on the buy and the seller side. Because a lot of people don't understand is we have this cute little thing that we put in our presentation, um, in our presentations that says how many people and professionals are involved in your real estate transaction, and the most vanilla real estate transaction we came up with is 33 different individuals. That's probably part of the average real estate transaction, and what we really say is the real estate agent is really the hub of that wheel. And all these other 32, 33 people or all the spokes that go out to keep the the wheel on straight. We're the hub. We are supposed to be the communication hub of all of those people. The seller's agents, the buyer's agents, the sellers, the buyers, the inspectors, the specialty inspectors. They may come to do termite or septic or buried oil tank or mold. Then there's radon. Then there's lenders, then there's appraisers, then there's the seller's attorney, the buyer's attorney, the bank's attorney, the title company, the uh, the building inspector, which is different than the home inspector. The building inspector to verify certificates of occupancy or open permits um, or expansion items that haven't been completed. Tax assessors, tax receivers, homeowners insurance. A master agent is supposed to be the hub of communication with all those different people that's at least 33 and then when things get a little bit more complicated like if the property is rented Mm -hmm. and the tenants have to go before uh, it can close or if there's a homeowners association or co-op board or other trades have to go in like plumbers and electricians and architects or if you have to get permits if you have to get a survey if you need to talk about overtax assessment of the property, get the assessment reduced, Um, well water. Now you're adding and adding and adding. And that, your real estate agent, I'm going to repeat, is supposed to be the hub of communication for all that insanity. And it's not the real estate attorney. The real estate attorney will tell their clients, that's not my job, that's not what I'm in charge of. I'm in charge of contracts.
0: And that is it.
1: <laughs> I'm in charge of contracts and maybe help you with the lender and the title company. Right. But an attorney's not going to take care of communicating with those 30, 40, 50 people. I mean, if you want the attorney well, maybe you can get one to do it and be careful what your attorney bill will look like at the end. <laughs> It'll look like an agent's commission.
0: Right, right. So that's so interesting. I mean, like, well, first off, I think a lot of us, Uh, listening today did not know this that there's so many layers oh yeah there's so many touch points um and you know really your agents have all of the above right the market knowledge you have the resources you have the negotiation skills and the biggest thing the expertise in managing transactions right is which is everything that one would need to have successfully do this for for a client. Oh, yeah. um,
1: and, and that's t- why we, and that's why we have so many testimonials on oh, on the exactly. websites because we actually earn them. And people said, you know, thank goodness we had you. Right. Nothing it's- to do about money. It had to be without you. There wouldn't have been any money to pay out because we wouldn't have had the house or we wouldn't have had the sale.
0: I'm going to add one more thing. Trust is a oh, big yeah. thing. So, you know, aside from all these skills, a trust factor today, an agent is yep. everything. Yep. Um, and I would think probably one of the most important traits, right, is trust in your agent and knowing what the agent and and, and instilling like, okay, they, they're going to take care of me. Um, and not every agent can do that. Well,
1: that's why I keep saying communication because the agents that, you know, when we call other agents and we feel like we're bothering them to talk to them about a 300 400 500,000 800,000 1 million dollar transaction, and we're bothering you? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. That that is a problem. And that and that's an industry issue. And, and it's not just real estate agents. I know attorneys that say the same thing about other attorneys. They can't get some of these other attorneys on the phone. Well, then don't take don't take on the transaction. If you're too busy to communicate because communication is actually the art of negotiation. Absolutely. With no communication. Do you realize there's very little negotiation and when there's very little negotiation deals die.
0: Yep. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. And we all negotiate every day in our world, right? It's absolutely. it's communication that is crucial and key the success of the end of the conversation and what's going to happen next absolutely
1: so Um, if you get a really good agent that knows what they're doing and they have the systems to help and they're really good communicators there is no commission expense mm -hmm. now it'll show up on the piece of paper and a commission expense but the net will be more in your favor whichever side you're on with a really good real estate agent That even though there's a line item of commission on the piece of paper showing the price all the way down to the net, the net will be different depending on the agent you select. Just like the outcome of your legal situation, isn't that only as good as the attorney you select that has this exact same license as every other attorney in the state?
0: Interesting. Such good insights, Mark. Thank you. And again, great analogies.
1: Mm-hmm. So I appreciate it. Well, I hope this <laughs> makes sense to people because yeah,
0: you know. It does. I think it's a, a discovery that a lot of people just don't realize.
1: Right.
0: You know, um, and we've seen we've heard of the stories of people doing it trying to do it on their own and it just doesn't work. Oh, because no. all of these little Layers of what's truly involved in selling a home, buying a home, like it's just—it's just you can't do it without an expert.
1: Listen, I've had people that we have done listing presentations on, and they elected to sell on their own because they stayed commission. And I'm even talking about previous pandemic market when it was a little bit more stable, and we would list someone else's house within a couple of months down the street, and we blew the price away that that for sale by owner seller got, blew it away, and and we've gotten some calls from some of those for sale by owner sellers after the fact and said, wow. I said, is that kind of the price I might've gotten if we went with you? I go, yup. Yeah. I said, so I'm glad you saved 20,000 in commission, but did you enjoy losing $45,000 in price? Cause last I checked, I'd pay 20 to make 45.
0: Right. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Knowledge is everything. Is there anything else about you? I mean, let's, about your agents in general. So, you know, you just, you just stated before your agents confident, they have the expertise, they have the negotiation skills, which is, which is amazing.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the the reason why, you know, our brokerage really runs differently than everybody else. And, and, and we could be on a podcast for nine hours to tell you all the reasons why, but the fastest, easiest reason to kind of show you is that my agents train actually with me every day. We actually meet five days a week, every day, five days a week during the week to do some sort of huddle or training, five days a week. There are five days a year that a lot of agents don't even talk to their manager in their, in their um, offices. And so my agents are constantly training. We're constantly going through new tricks of the trade, new scripts to help to help our buyers or sellers. Like we were just talking today, how do we get our buyers to be able to afford an appraisal differential if they don't have cash in the bank? So we talked about a mortgage product that people haven't seen in a lot of years called 80-10-10 for those who can put 20% down. So you still put 20% down, but then you get what's called the piggyback loan of a 10% home equity line of credit. If you need that, in order to pay a shortage on appraisal, to get that house well a lot of ages ages don't even know how to spell piggyback and yet we have a whole process to work with lenders and again only if a buyer needs it but if the buyer now has a cash opportunity to cover an appraisal shortage to relieve that risk for the seller so the buyer gets the house and we can show the buyer how to get that without writing a check from their own bank account would you consider that to be powerful yeah. Yeah. The problem is 95% of the agents out there really don't or 90 don't really don't know how to do that. So a really good agent saves people tens of thousands of dollars.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I so appreciate your time today, Mr. Mark. So um, anything else you want to add? Oh, we
1: don't have that long.
0: I know. <laughs> You could talk all day and I love that right. about you. It's amazing. So, but this was super helpful. And um, to the audience listening, I hope you guys learned a lot because I know um, I did today. Right. So thank you so much, Mark.
1: Thank you, and I really appreciate this opportunity. You're just fabulous to talk with. You make it so simple, so easy. I
0: try, I try. Thank you.